Do you often struggle with the destructive impact of pornography use on yourself and in your relationship? If you're a man struggling, there's guilt and shame, feelings of hopelessness and discouragement, because despite your best efforts, maybe you've fallen back into the cycle more times than you can count. Or if you're a woman who's been impacted by this, the effect is significant. Many women describe the exhaustion that they feel because their brain never turns off. You could just be out doing your day, see another woman, and then your heart hurts because it reminds you of what your husband has been doing or looking at. And what's so painful is that when you try to talk about how you feel with your spouse, a negative communication cycle often destroys the conversation, making it so far from being productive. And as you share your pain, maybe your husband gets defensive or maybe even feels bad about himself and you then are completely left alone in your hurt. Or maybe you just feel like you're being mean or that you're the problem because you keep bringing it up and you can't quote unquote, just get past it. So you tell yourself that you need to just keep everything to yourself and not bring it up anymore to cause any problems, but it leaves you terribly alone. This situation is just so difficult and I, I can empathize with the couples that I work with because I see the struggle and the effect that this has had. And I wanna share with you something today in, in hopes of helping give you a new way of looking at one of the aspects of this so that then with new information, a new way of looking at it, it can provide you with new options for getting help, new tools, new strategies based on this information. So I'm excited to have you guys here. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. My name is Sam Tielemans and I am the host of the Couples Healing Podcast. And I really, my purpose in doing all of this is to give you as many tools as I possibly can to make this journey less difficult, less painful, and offer clarity so you guys know what to do and have tools that you can implement to ultimately find healing. Now, to illustrate what I want to share with you, I want to start off with a story where I had a conversation, and this is this has happened more times than I can count, where this is the stuck place where a woman just feels so much hurt and a husband has no idea what to do. And the things that he is trying to do aren't really working. And in many cases, they're in fact unintentionally making it worse. And so as I'm working with couples, I wanna understand what's their biggest pain point? Where are they most stuck? And for some women, it's being stuck with the deceit of their husband and the wife not knowing anything about the husband's struggle, or if she does know about it, some of the conversations that they have is that he's not doing it anymore, that it's behind him, that this isn't an issue, that they can move forward without this, without any concerns of this happening again. And so what happens is when a wife finds out, as I was working with a couple, this woman find, found out about her husband's deception and that while they were together, early on in their relationship, he had went back to pornography and she had no idea that he did. She knew she had multiple conversations with him about how significant this issue was and that she didn't want this a part of their relationship. And he reassured her that he did at one point have a problem, but he no longer did. And it was okay to move forward because he had taken care of it. And when he had said this, in his mind, he was telling the truth. Because at that particular moment in their relationship, he felt like he had a pretty good handle on it. And he wasn't struggling in that moment or in that span of a few weeks or a couple of months. So he felt like he was on solid ground when he said, you know, this isn't a problem anymore. The difficulty is that when he slipped up, he went underground with it and felt like, ah, I can't tell her now. 
So I'm just gonna keep this to myself and really, really make a, a significant effort to make sure I eliminate this so this doesn't happen anymore, and then we'll be okay. But the problem is, commitment isn't a strategy. And so for him, when he committed, I'm gonna do this better, I'm not gonna struggle with this anymore, he didn't get the tools that he needed to resolve why it happened in the first place. So ultimately it happened again and again, and he felt worse and felt like he had to keep more and more secrets. Again, which is not the right step. The best case scenario is that if somebody struggles with this, they reveal it and they talk about it, they work through it directly. Instead of compartmentalizing and isolating, it's just not the right strategy, right? Doing those things doesn't work. But so many men feel this fear that just they, they go into hiding and it causes more problems down the road. So fast forward, she finds out about all this and is completely devastated because in particular of the deception. So she had such a difficult time reconciling all of the good moments that she thought they were having all along the way. She couldn't make sense of the fact that he had told her that he loved her, that she was his person, that wanted to build a life with her, wanted to have a family with her, she couldn't make sense of how he could say those things and then still be acting out without her knowing. And the blatant deception when they had conversations, when he reassured her, yep, I'm good, there's no struggle here, but he was, but he was struggling. So it was so, so devastating for her to find this out. And the pain of this, she, she carried around because it was never resolved. So by the time we start working together, she's just in a tremendous amount of pain. He feels totally discouraged, thinking like, I, you know, I'm trying to do better, but it's not helping. And they just didn't know where to go. The place that, and so I shared this analogy with them to try to help her make sense of how this could happen. Because of the deception, she then, it redefined everything in her mind about the relationship. It was, he never loved me. All of this was completely fake. And I just feel stupid and naive for believing him. So I wanted to illustrate this with this analogy that I want to share with you today, which is imagine being in a, imagine a husband, a man being in a car and he's driving and he's on a crash course and he's driving towards this brick wall and along his path, he finds somebody who he starts to have feelings for and he starts to care about this person. They get to know each other. They have good conversations together. They open up, they share, they fall in love. That's the process of falling in love. You open up and share, you reveal parts of yourself, you feel understood, you have positive interactions, you spend time, more feelings develop. That's this process of falling in love. So this happens. Then he invites her into the car and they get into a relationship and ultimately then get married. So they're in this car driving down the road and while they're down, driving down the road, they're having positive moments together. They're having good experiences. They're having moments that feel completely real because for the wife, she doesn't know any better that there's other that they're on a crash course. And for the husband, all this is real for him. He feels genuine feelings of love and care for her. Yet he's on a crash course. Then at the time of a discovery, the car smashes into the wall and there's a devastating car crash. He gets out of the car and sees her on the road and she's bleeding and she's got all these injuries. She's in such pain, had no idea that there was a wall they were driving towards. And this is, I think, a big part of the struggle is because she had no idea the impact is even more significant. 
And if she did have an idea about it, but didn't know the extent of it, the effect is very, very similar. This is so often where people get stuck. There's two principles I want to illustrate with, with this analogy. The first principle is for the wife to try to reconcile how could this have happened. So in her mind, she has to now reconcile how could this have happened if this person loves me. She can't make sense of how somebody could make these decisions, hide them, lie about them, and then ultimately me be so devastated by this. How could he love me if he did this? And so the analogy that I wanted to share with this particular person as she was trying to reconcile this is this car crash analogy. And yes, while it's far from perfect, and this is again the benefit of having a chance where I can have a conversation directly with somebody and work with them directly, because I can answer any follow-up questions. So I, I realize I'm running the risk of leaving certain elements out that I otherwise would want to explain to clarify that may be uh, not answered. And so I, I just, ahead of time, I'm letting you know, I know this is number one, not a perfect analogy. And there's so many other aspects of this that I would love to clarify, depending on your specific situation. So I'll do my best to take into account some concerns that you might have as you're listening to this and try to explain them and reconcile them. So I, I share this with this couple and I said, this is so often what happens. A husband loves and cares about the person they're with yet he's on a collision course. And so a, so the, the woman that I was having a conversation with, she said, yes, but if he loved me, he wouldn't have made this choice. He wouldn't have invited me into his car that's on a collision course. He would want to protect me. He would want to make sure that he does everything necessary so that I don't get hurt. And I said, I'm with you. I agree with that. That the, the action of him inviting you into the car and driving towards a wall, that's not a loving action. That doesn't reflect the love that he's described to me in session. Those are incompatible. So how do we make sense of this? So I said, on this collision course, the brain has a very, it's a, it's a very uh, adept, it's, the brain is very adept and skilled at minimizing damage. The brain is very, very skilled at self-protection. And when somebody is in their protection, this self-protection, they're not fully considering the other person. It's self-centered, self-protection. It's not okay. It doesn't work in relationships. It's in conflict with having harmony and peace and love in a relationship. When somebody is preserving their own self-interests, Again, that's in conflict with a healthy relationship. And of course, and just to be clear, like we all have needs and it's not selfish to take care of your own needs. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to the brain doing this self-protective maneuver of minimizing and explaining away or justifying or rationalizing. The brain has the way of self-protection and those are the strategies that it uses. So the husband might know all very well that he's on a crash course, but the brain will start to rationalize that and say, but I think I can do it differently this time. I don't think I'm gonna hit the wall again. I'm gonna try really, really hard and swerve out of the way so we don't crash, so I think we'll be okay. Or it's, you know, I'm struggling with this issue, but it's actually not that bad. If we do hit the wall, it's probably not gonna be that big of an impact. Maybe we'll be okay. Or it's, 
I'm not going to tell her about this because then she might get out of the car. And that's the last thing that I want because I have true and real genuine feelings for her. So I don't want her to exit the relationship. That scares me because I care deeply about this person. So the brain will say, just just don't tell her and take care of this on your own. All the while, the car is still moving towards that same brick wall without any change because hope and commitment is not a strategy. Hope and commitment cannot reliably and predictably and consistently help a husband not hit a wall. It just doesn't work like that. So when the brain kicks in and makes these rationalizations and excuses, my intention in sharing this isn't to justify that. It's not okay. It doesn't work. And it's harmful. And in the same breath, this can help reveal what do we do about this now? So there's two threads to this analogy. I'm going to finish this one up here first. When I explained this to her and she said, well, somebody who loves me wouldn't do this. And I said, yes, that makes perfect sense. This is 100% not a loving action. It's, it's directly in opposition to what love is. This action of crashing into the wall and not telling you that you're on a crash course. So I tried to explain it as the brain is so skilled at minimizing, deleting, distorting reality, uh, compartmentalizing, and doing all of these maneuvers for self-preservation. Again, it's not okay and it doesn't work in the context of a relationship or really you know, in any context because if you're just deleting information, and your brain is distorting the reality and the gravity of this, it's not good for anybody. And this is actually what the husband said in the session. I said, hey, can you reconcile this for her? How can you reconcile her her legitimate sticking point, which is how could he have loved me and deceived me? And a part of how he described it was, I brought a very bad habit into the relationship and I fully, and I didn't fully appreciate the destruction of this choice. I, I didn't fully appreciate and acknowledge and recognize how significant this actually was. And so that's when I went on to describe the way that our brain protects ourselves, and, and self-protection then sometimes has significant negative consequences for the spouse. So again, I know this is not a perfect analogy and there's lots of other things I'd love to clarify. So if you have questions, I'd love to support you and and work uh, you know and and work in a way that can help answer the questions that you have but so again all this doesn't justify it but i want to help maybe explain another way of how you got here it's so often not as simple as well if he did this then he didn't love me and i i would feel that way as a as if i was a spouse of somebody who struggles with this who is now suffering because of a car crash i would feel the same way and so i wanted to offer a different way to try to help make sense of this which then can that which the reason why i want to offer this to you is because it can then open up a path for how to move forward differently hey everyone just real quick if you're a return listener to the podcast and have found it helpful in any way i would absolutely appreciate it if you wouldn't mind taking literally 10 seconds to just leave a quick rating and review on itunes it just helps tremendously to get this podcast out to more people who are struggling who need help resources and some hope I would absolutely appreciate the gesture and thank you so much for listening. All right, back to the show. Okay, so here's the other aspect of this analogy. So often after the car crash happens, a husband doesn't know what to do and his best efforts sometimes actually unintentionally can make the healing process 
worse and slower. And so I want to share this with you so that this isn't you. So this doesn't have to continue to be you if it is you. Because so many men, their intention is to do right and to care about their spouse and help them. But unintentionally, the strategies and the approach that they use undermine that. So this is very often what happens for many couples. When a wife is in pain and is hurting, she will look over at her spouse and say, I'm struggling right now. I'm in so much pain. I'm scared. I'm hurting. And when a husband gets stuck in this negative cycle of communication, oftentimes he'll respond with defensiveness. And he might say things like, you know, we keep talking about this. I told you it was an accident. I told you I didn't mean to do this. I told you I was going to get better. So why are you continuing to bring this up that we hit the wall? Yes, I get it. We hit a wall. But like, okay, can we move forward? And in his discouragement, in his shame, he'll respond with those types of things and try to push her to forget about her pain. And it's just, it's just so in conflict with what actually helps. And so as I work with men, sometimes when they say that this is what happens, hey, I'll, I'll say, can we just move forward? Can we forget about the past? Can we just like be happy together? I'll say, when you say those things, I get that that's your strategy in those conversations. What's your intention behind that? And they'll say, because I want to move forward with her. And I say, okay, that makes sense. Because if you were then moving forward with her and you were guys weren't struggling in this pain anymore, where would you be? And they will always say, well, we would feel more connected together. We would feel happy together. We wouldn't be struggling. We would feel closer to one another. And I said, this is so important that you're acknowledging that this is your intention. When you tried to move her along and say, let's just move past this. Or how many times do we have to have the same conversation? Because we fight about it when we do. Can we just not talk about this? The intention behind that is ultimately so you can be closer to her. Because if you weren't fighting and you weren't in pain anymore, that's exactly where you'd be. That's, that's, that's a, a beautiful intention. The difficulty is that that is just not how you get there. You can't move somebody out of their pain and expect that it just is left behind and forgotten and it goes away. It's the same thing as if she's lying on the pavement and you go over there and you lift her up and say, hey, let's just keep moving. We're trying to get to our destination of happiness and enjoying our relationship together. You're on the ground. This isn't really working. So why don't you just get up and let's keep moving? That's exactly how that, 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 that's the interaction when a husband uses that strategy of let's just move forward. So when husbands are learning how to do this, the thing I really want to share with you, the principle in this, the way you can help best is to get down on the ground with her, figuratively speaking, and tend to her pain. It's bandages, it's CPR if necessary, it's, you know, uh, I'm not a medical person, but whatever you do to take care of a wound, you got gauze, you got ointment, you got, uh, you know, anesthesia, if you're in a hospital, you've got all these tools at your disposal to help take care of the pain. That's the goal, especially in that phase of your relationship. It's to take care of the pain. You are not focused on the destination in that moment. You're focused on what's in front of you, which is a person that you love is suffering. So how do you do that? 
most men want to do that, but they're not sure what to do. So they just use that other strategy of, okay, let's just kind of move forward. So how do you do that? You have lots and lots of conversations together where you can validate her pain and you share with her and acknowledge that her, her pain is legitimate and that you care about it. How she feels matters to you. And you don't want her to continue to struggle in this so that you're going to, so therefore you're going to be right here with her and you're not going to rush her out of it, but you're just going to be with her, helping her know she's not alone. When husbands take that approach and express compassion, that's exactly the best thing that I've ever seen work to help people heal and relationships heal and trust heal. So when husbands can meet her there, and no matter how many conversations it takes, knowing that that's the path, it's just, again, like if you go to the hospital then, the next day you do that, hey, you're in the hospital, that's great. You've got a doctor's attention now, perfect. But you're still in pain. It's still gonna take time. And so often men get discouraged thinking like, well, I'm doing that, I'm trying to comfort her, but then she brings it up the next day. I'm, I'm, I, I, what, do, what do you want me to do? I thought we were doing better, but now we're back to square one because you're telling me you're in pain. This must not be working. That's the common interpretation of that. But please hear this, that two things can exist at the same time. You can be in pain and you can be making progress. So just because she's in pain doesn't mean you're not doing well. It doesn't mean you're back to square one. It just means we need to keep applying the medicine that helps her continuing to helps her to continue to feel better, which is more comfort more reassurance, more validation, more acknowledgement. So I hope that principle comes through because then what happens if we bring this full circle? When a husband does this and a wife then is invited back into the car through care, through compassion, the wife can then say, maybe I can take a step forward in this relationship. The big key then to make sure that this is different, how do you rebuild trust? You've got to change course. How do you do that? So instead of hitting this wall, putting your car back together and moving forward on the same trajectory where there's another wall in front of you down the road, the key is to get off that road. You've got to make a turn. So you turn right and then you go a different direction and you get on a new road that doesn't have any brick walls anymore. So what that looks like is getting help. It's identifying how you got there because if you were on that crash course, and your life was on that trajectory and you invite her into the car, that doesn't just go away by repairing the car and getting back into it. You've got to change directions. So how do you do that? You recognize what put you on that track in the first place. What are the underlying issues that are not being resolved? What are the common triggers that propel you towards the crash, towards the wall? What are the things that are not getting the attention? What are the skills that you need to develop to put you on a completely new road. And so when a husband takes those steps and gets the help that he needs, because so often it's, it's very difficult, it's so much more difficult to do it on your own. So if you get a blueprint that lays out what to do and how to do it, then you can just follow that path. And that's what's on the blueprint. Identifying the core issues, getting new skills, changing negative beliefs about yourself, finding new ways to cope with your pain, all of those things is how you can get yourself onto a new path. Now, for a woman who's thinking like, well, how can I ever trust him again? This is how. When you see him turning the car and getting onto a new path, 
then you can feel more relaxed. Like, okay, there's no walls on this path. And she might be thinking, well, how do I know that? Well, the whole scene will look different. The relationship feels different. He feels different. How he interacts with you and the kids and himself all feel different. And as you feel that difference, you can start to take courage and reassurance that maybe this is different now. And the more you see that landscape and how open it is and how there isn't these you know, brick walls in the road anymore, you'll start to then get accustomed to like, okay, this I can feel comfortable in. I can relax here because I see that he's creating safety for us by being in a totally different place. So that's, I think, my the principles that I wanted to share with you is that as you guys are working down this path, my hope is that this offers a new way to explain and reconcile and make sense of how this happened so that then you can actually take specific actions to get off this old road, change directions, provide comfort, stability, and trust back in the relationship by demonstrating that you're different. That's how couples can ultimately move forward. I know this path can feel so overwhelming and difficult. And again, please bear with my uh, incomplete analogies because I know there's other things that maybe it doesn't take into account, but it conveys my hope, another aspect of these two principles so that then you guys can start to take action in a different way and create the kind of relationship and individual healing that you're hoping for. Okay guys, real quick. So I know that each episode of the podcast dives deep into one specific tip or topic to help you repair your relationship or eliminate pornography altogether. But have you recently considered how all of these pieces fit together to create an overall strategy for you to find freedom? If not, I highly recommend doing this and I'd love to help. If you're a man listening to this, I just created a brand new video for you that walks you through exactly what you need to have in place to quit porn without the battle or the struggle. It's totally free and you can check it out at stopporn.info. It details a totally new approach to getting out of the hamster wheel of progress, then failure. One step forward, two steps backwards. So again, you can check out the video at stopporn.info.